0: Good evening and thank you very much uh, for joining us tonight and um, <clears throat> tonight we're joined by Graham O'Brien um, from the ASX Head of Derivatives. Thank you very much for coming along. Um, the, those that can do sessions are, uh, we, we have either someone from the industry to talk or a trader to come in and talk, either a private trader or a professional trader or a funds manager and the like. This week we've invited Graham O'Brien who's joined us in the past. Uh, and because there's some changes going on at the ASX, and we've just finished an options trading game. We're starting a new one. Thought it'd be a good time to get Graeme in uh, to have a chat about what these changes are, and we've got a couple of questions, or I've certainly got a couple of questions for Graeme about things that are going on at the moment. Um, so uh, we thought it'd be a good idea. Now, these sessions are an open forum, so any questions you've got, type them into the chat box. I'm sure many of you have got questions for Graeme, uh, and I will be emceeing the session, so your question won't be announced to the whole audience. It'll just be something I can see, and I'll read it out to Graham as we go through. So, uh, But uh, it's been an interesting market, everyone. I'm not sure uh, how uh, people have been trading. We've seen big trading volumes over the last little period. Uh, I know Ivan runs a clearing business, and you've been experiencing some big volumes, Ivan, is that correct? Yeah, I think the entire industry has been, uh,
1: anyone who's been in retail trading, Graham, you can probably confirm because you've got a much broader view on that than than I do. But um, yeah, I mean, we've we've had ridiculous volumes coming through, um, consistently going up um, on a daily basis. Heaps of new accounts being opened, um, you know, sort of well above average. And that's that's a trend that's still continuing. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks bring, see if this is, you know, if the sell-off is going to, accelerate whether it's just you know it is going to be a dead cat bounce if it's not whether it you know we'll, we'll see i think it's going to be interesting uh to see how the retail plays out what are your views on that graham yeah look it's um it's a bit of a mixed view across
2: the whole market that's interesting actually um i'm not surprised that um as a clearing business you're opening lots of accounts we're actually seeing a lot of movement in the options markets amongst customers so customers moving to uh new brokers Many clients are looking at their obligations that they need to meet from a margins perspective and they're looking for a home that, uh, that most, fits, uh, most fits their needs as the individual clients. So we are seeing a bit of movement in the retail end of the market. Um, at the bigger end, when I start thinking about institutions, there's been a massive increase in the amount of activity from institutions in options markets. So those fund managers that are looking after our super funds. Uh, everyone is back to selling calls and selling puts and taking in um, taking in income from the options market again with uh, volatility uh, well
0: above the levels that we we're
2: experiencing last year, so we're seeing uh the return of income riders again
0: so on the on that volatility side of it the are the majority of people now going uh going long vol?
2: there you go, interesting. So, uh, obviously, the other side of the institutions wanting to uh, to take in that income stream.
1: Mm. Yeah, or or um, alternatively, uh, we've, we've just got a very different retail base and implied volatility than the rest of the market, which is also possible.
2: It, it could very well be. Um, yeah. Traditionally, if I think about the market, say, over the last 20 years, um, options traders are generally sellers of all. People sell options because they like generating income streams out of options. Um, but definitely, if your guys have been buying vol uh, be, before the end of last week, they've uh, they've had a good run because obviously uh, vol's just uh, picked up again just over over the last four or five trading sessions.
1: Mm. We've actually seen it, it, it's it been a bit of an interesting move there, Graham, hasn't it? I mean, in terms of the volatility, at um, uh, the very high level view, it looks like that the skews kind of doing some weird stuff, um, and um, the Interestingly enough, even though the market was falling off, uh, we didn't see volatility um, keep up until it broke through. Uh, until the market broke through six thousand. Yeah, I think I think what you're
2: finding, Ivan, is that um, volatility before breaking through six six thousand was actually still high compared to historical averages. So um, we've actually seen the market quite wiffy even on the run up. So, um, so hence why volatility didn't spike um, quite as quickly as it would have normally done when
1: markets start pulling back. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because we we were watching that market, and better um, remember we were talking about this on on Thursday. So the market was kind of hovering on those levels, and we were we were kind of looking and saying, oh, ah, okay, this is interesting. Where's, where's the volatility? Not, not following, uh, or at least you know it's going in the same direction." So yeah. I mean, that, that, that explains
0: a lot of it. I'm just going to um, I'm going to jump in and do the the uh, the usual uh, disclaim. Any advice contained in this presentation is general only. Doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances. You need to decide for yourself whether it's appropriate for you. Past returns are not an accurate indicator of future returns. Um, and um, the um, an options are, and trading full stop is. Is risky. You need to educate yourself if you're going to do it. Um, and uh, for those of you that have registered for the options trading game, that's an excellent way of doing that. Um, and the and the game has started again. So for anyone that played the last game or a previous game, once you've registered, you registered, and you can go back in and play. So um, you can get in there and um, and continue to practice if, uh, if that's of interest to you, uh, just by going to uh options game.com.au that'll get you there all right um and i'll just leave our podcast stuff online there now mark bull had made the comment um that implied volatility was off four percent today interesting i'll go in and have a, pay, have a quick
1: squeeze um yeah i was definitely off off today on the back of um on the back of uh, that gigantic move higher, good old, good old Fed coming in, always helping us when we need to get a bit of help.
2: Yeah, yeah I think I, I, I think um, obviously pulling back that little bit. It looks as though it's almost it's found its new norm, if you can call it uh, around, uh, around around these levels.
0: Yeah, I, I'm of that of that view, and I think. Uh, I've been looking at. We were we were discussing this last week, and we were pussyfooting around because we were probably a day later than we wanted to be. Um, but certainly on on uh, IV, I think at uh, you know twenty three, that kind of range, you're getting towards the bottom of the range. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that um, you know straddles come back into play uh, for me yeah. at those levels. Yeah. Thank
2: you. It's quite—it's quite amazing what a year does. Like we, uh, 23 vol. that's double kind of what we were uh, what we were experiencing only a year ago.
0: Well, yeah, um, in end of March, right? So, yep. I start start of end of February, sorry, I should say.
2: Yeah, well, um, yeah So, there so so you last, go. Four months last ago.
0: Straddle, last straddle that I did would have been at 11. vol well, was at 11, so yeah, and that wasn't that long ago, so. Uh, interesting next week Brian Cormans coming on to talk about straddles going into reporting season so um, I think um, overall uh, vols are you know equity vols are, are fine for that strategy it's going to be an interesting little period. the last period was just too interrupted by what had gone on in COVID for that strategy to really work well but I think it's going to be a super interesting one so uh, you, you, anyone who's booked in book into this this is a series so you'll be invited back for next week. Um, that'll
1: be a, a really good session.
0: No, see one online, one
2: there, of the Brian? questions I'd one of, one of the questions I'd throw out to Brian for next week, Patrick, is uh, have to think about dividends when we're thinking about reporting season when it's coming up. That's where a lot of conjecture is in the market at the moment, and we've seen some of the banks delay or defer their dividends. Uh, that's yep. going to have big impacts on options pricing, and hence why volatility is still at heightened levels because everyone's really unsure of what uh, dividend policy many
1: of the companies are going to use yeah yeah what do you what are your views on um volatility over the next uh three to six months graham i guess from from your personal opinion i guess and then maybe from from an exchange point of view
2: oh look um if, if i if i look from a personal perspective um i mentioned it before i think um Whereas we would generally expect volatility to come down to those mid-teens uh, quite quickly when markets uh, get back to normal, I, I think we're I think 20 is going to be the the, the bottom. I, I think um, in this current market environment, there's just there's just too much unknown out there for it to drop below those levels. So mm. um, that's what I was mentioning before. I think it's a it's that new norm. Um, from an exchanges perspective, we're very very conscious of volatility, and uh, that obviously then impacts on on margins that uh, we require for, especially people that are shorting options out in the market, and and they'll they'll remain at heightened levels whilst uh, whilst volatility is uh, is still a concern for the market.
1: Well, even even for some equity positions, it's uh, it's quite high. Um, as I hear was the case for one of the big clearers.
2: <laughs> it uh, it will all you have to look back at is uh, how much a stock can actually. Uh, moving a day these uh in in this environment and hence why uh unfortunately volatility, move, uh sorry margins need to remain high whilst uh, whilst market, markets can move that much
0: yeah but uh, i'm sorry if i miss this but um it, what is it what's the put call ratio at the moment uh the put call ratio has come back to um almost square
2: again uh patrick it's 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 not showing an indication one way or the other uh, however, the the thing that we we are most conscious of is the net buying or net selling of options as well. That really gives us a good indica- indication of the appetite for risk in the market. Um, yep. That's that's flipped on its head in March. You know, I've never seen it higher on the bought side of the equation, um, and that was led by a lot of early March activity. Uh, mm-hmm. It's now it's now everyone's a net seller of options again.
1: That's interesting. I mean, that that, that gives a bit of an indication about what the market's thinking. I've got to say that. uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably just probably wrong in this, but but I've got to say I I feel very worried about um, selling anything unless it was a put with the intention to buy stock significantly lower. Um, And I just just feel like that volatility can move higher so quickly. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think
0: if, we, if we go back to um, uh, February, uh, you know, we had COVID. Um, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. Markets were high. Volatility was low. And even with volatility as low as it was, it was, it was still the market with net sellers then.
2: Yeah, and I think you've hit the nail on the head right there, Patrick, is those people that were selling options then, are doing even more of it now because I can actually write further out of the money and still get the same income streams and give myself a little bit extra protection to have to pick up some stock below market or sell my existing stock above market. So um, but those kind of guys are rubbing their hands together, saying, oh, "Well, I'm actually getting paid more and I've uh, and I'm selling or selling these options further out of the money, or, albeit there's more risk um, in the market." Just uh, uh, the,
0: the options. Um, expiry, Graham. Would you be able to the single stock option expiry? Would you be able to talk us through the changes that are going on um, uh, with that and the motivation behind it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So,
2: um, for those that are listening in, uh, the July expiry. So this will be the last expiry that we have at ASX for the normal monthly single stock expiries, where it's the uh, it's the Thursday before the last Friday of the month. We're actually. Aligning single stock and index options to have the same expiry dates uh, from July and on. Um, some of our rationale uh, behind it is really to save some of that market confusion. Um, we now have weekly options in the top ten classes in single stock. We have weekly options in the index as well. Um, we just want to be able to save confusion on those uh, on those key liquid contracts where the open interest is on monthlies to actually have it on the same date for index options and single stock. On top of that, uh, we actually expect as an exchange some increased trading activity off the back of it. Um, It will actually allow for a lot of uh, dispersion trades or volatility trades that generally are utilizing single stock options uh, to align themselves with index dispersion as well. So with having the same expiry dates, people will be able to trade that dispersion across both their single stock and index options book, and that's really for the investment banks that are providing a lot of liquidity to the the big end of town. But just Mm -hmm. as importantly, the market makers that are providing the prices for retail customers will now have expiry days that span um, both their single stock and index options book, and they'll be able to manage their risk better as market makers, and we expect that that should lead to better prices on screen. And then I guess the final reason is... um, We're one of the outliers in having different expiry days on those monthly contracts as as an exchange in the world. Um, Most other exchanges, including the United States, actually have those monthly expiries on the same day as the index expiry. So we received a lot of feedback from the market back in 2017 because we had to make the change way back then uh, to ensure that we weren't listing new contracts uh, with an expiry date uh, that didn't match up with this uh, new policy. So uh, definitely, we, we think it's going to be a benefit for the market, less confusion and more trading.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Be I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I, I think back to um, maybe the, my old uh, broking days when um, the busiest two days in a month for a lot of brokers are the day before and the day of options uh, index and then equities. So they're going <laughs> if to, they, if you leave everything to the last minute, you're going to be very busy.
2: Um, yeah, that's, that's right. It. And I, I think I think the key point though is what we haven't changed is the index expiry is still going to be based on the opening prices of the stocks in that index. Yep. And the single stock expiry is still going to be determined on the closing prices of those stocks. So there's still there's still going to be an element where they're not exactly the same. Uh, to avoid, uh, they like using the term triple witching hour over in the United States. We still avoid that by still having the different time
0: yeah
1: that makes sense i think we were talking about this it was actually an open question that we had was just you know um just to just confirm that uh it is indeed the opic price that is going to be done for the for the, for the XIO, so that, that's going to be good hey um, one of the things that obviously we saw a fair bit around with um the the kind of the rapid moving around um uh, of dividend forecasting more than anything else over the last couple of months um it really caused some pain in, in the weekly XJOs um, I mean honestly one, one of the things is that it kind of assumes a straight line uh, dividend at the moment is there any anything that um, traders can use to provide some clarity on the XJO weekly underlying price um, and is there any support from more market makers coming in in the future for them yeah so the, the first part of the question it's around
2: uh, getting <laughs> getting more clarity it's it's difficult. Even our market makers are struggling to be able to um, value um, mm. options when we've got we, we we're basically trading in the dark. A lot of the market makers, like when when are those dividends going to be deferred to uh, by the bank? So it definitely does cause some uh, some issues. Um, and unfortunately, because they're flying blind, they're going to widen spreads because they actually aren't um, don't have confidence in that um, in that market. So I'm sure. Some of your clients have seen some wider spreads in those weeklies. Uh, the yeah. good news, though, is we do have one new market maker coming in, into those weekly contracts. So uh, I'm not sure if anyone's heard of the firm called Vivian Court, but uh, yeah. they'll be they'll be coming in as a new market maker to our XGO contract and into the weekly contracts
1: as well. Excellent. That's going to be excellent. They're um they're a pretty uh pretty hardcore market maker, so that's that's excellent. They've been doing more. Yeah, they're, well, they're, they're a good one. They, they have um, – if, if people
2: are wondering who, who are they, they're actually a, if you can call them not-for-profit, uh, they're a not, not-for-profit market maker. Uh, effectively, what happens is any profits that they make, they give to charity. But the most important thing, they give that money to charity after they've paid themselves. So
1: <laughs> yeah, you, can right.
2: that, uh, you, you can take that you can take the way you, you want to take it. But um, uh, it's been set up by uh, a number of traders that used to be at Optima. And they've um, they've moved across to Vivian Court, and uh, they're the ones that are running that business.
1: Yeah, right. Wow, that that's uh, quite interesting. I saw a couple of people pop up um, as working there just on my LinkedIn. So it's something that I, I love how it's a not for profit. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, pay less tax in the in the in the benefit. That's great. <laughs> but I guess. That's <laughs> But I, I, guess, I guess there is some good that comes out of it. that That's excellent. Um, I guess they're pretty confident about being profitable every year as well, uh, pre, pre- oh, charity.
2: Yes, I would. Uh, I would hope so.
1: I'm,
2: I'm <laughs> sure they're. I'm, I'm sure their uh, their taxation um, uh, remits are a little bit nicer than others, being uh, being giving uh, their profits away to pet charity as well. <laughs> Definitely. Um,
0: hey, <coughs> have you any Kat, Kat, sorry, Ivan. Just uh, just a couple of questions ca- came through. Yeah. So, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of that company is it's Vivian Court, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Buck has asked in regards to the alignment of expiry. Um, do you think that this will lead to higher volumes and more liquidity?
2: That then generally, that's the reason we make most of our decisions at the exchange, and um, it, it's our thoughts that um, it does make life a lot easier for the market makers that are provi- providing the liquidity to our market. So if it makes it easier for them, we expect more liquidity. And if they improve their spreads, then that will lead to higher trading volume. So the answer is
0: yes. Okay. Um, with the increase in retail equities trading, um, which has been reported on and um, very widely, have you seen anything like that on the options side?
2: Uh, so so it's, it's very different. So um, we've actually had a really good look at, um, at the research behind that increase in retail equities trading. And a lot of that has come out of people having cash in the bank, not getting any money out of that cash in the bank. They've had it sitting there and they've taken the punt when the market took the dip to try and uh, profit from an increase in the market. So it was really um, utilising capital um, within the, that they had in cash and turning it into equities. Um, that type of capital hasn't flowed across to the options market at this point in time. But once clients start having larger portfolios, we'll see that start flowing into the options market over the coming months. So I've got more stocks. They've had a good run up. Now they're starting to move sideways. Do I start? Um, Selling those stocks? Do I am I worried? So do I start protecting them, or do I even start earning income streams over and above by writing call options? The flow for the options market generally will come after that big kick up in equities markets, and to this point, we haven't seen a big influx in retail flow in options.
0: Right, and the only data—correct me um, here—but I imagine the only time you really know is when. Uh, a trade occurs. Like, there's no other leading indicator that really tells you because so a lot of people that open accounts ticked that they're going tra- they, to trade. They're able to trade options, right? So um,
2: no, it- that, that's not the case. We can actually see a separation, you um, know, um, kick up in opening of accounts prior to um, them actually transacting. Um, yeah. That that hasn't been the case at this point in time. So, some when someone opens an account to start trading shares. Um, mm-hmm. More often than not, they'll, they'll only tick the box to trade shares at that point in time. It's only after they've become comfortable with the way that they're trading in shares that they then make that often the next step into trading options as well. That's, um, that's the general um, um, view that we see at the ASX. So I, I would expect in the coming months we'll see that uh, that trend flow into
0: options. Okay, that's, I guess the, I've always been so options focused that uh, it wouldn't occur to us not to tick the box. But um, <laughs> the, um, the Catherine um, is saying so. Australia options haven't got the same expiry each month like the US. This is correct? Yeah, that's correct. Until July. Yeah, until July.
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay, and you've been... Okay, so anyway, so I'll just mention Catherine's just saying here she's been learning to trade options on the US market. Well, you can now... A really good way of just practising the Aussie market would be in the options game. I think you mentioned that you're in. So uh, we'll do some education, which we'll plot in over the next couple of weeks uh, around picking direction, different option strategies, volatility, all the different tools that you can use as an options trader. Um, that'll all flow in over the next period of time. Uh, and uh, there's a heap of educational resources in there. I was just noticing um, we had a record game last time around. Graham. I think it was 14, over 1,400 people uh, in nope. the game. We're, we're knocking on the door of that number um, already. Wow, that's uh,
2: fantastic. Yeah, so it's
0: 1,250 as of this morning. Brilliant. Um, it, it, I think it shows how
2: um, sometimes when you have the games close together when there's so much interest in the market, it can often be a, of a benefit for those games, can't it? it um, yeah, I think so, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, there, there, there was That's already great. nearly 400 people at a place to trade um, as of this morning. So, you know, Brilliant. Great, great, great participation. Um, what advice would you give to someone playing the game if they were looking at taking the chocolates?
2: Uh, Trying trying to win the game. Um, So where I said before that generally the markets are sellers of options, that's not normally going to win you the options game. Um, Generally, uh, someone that's going to win the options game is going to have a view one way or the other of the market going up or down and uh, and placing that view. But I'd start thinking about spread transactions. Um, Obviously, the game takes into account... um, the the amount of capital that you need to put on place to make that trade work for you. Um, If you're starting to think about the market maybe trading within ranges, then uh, rather than just outright buying a put or outright buying a call, if the market is going to be range-bound in this next game, start thinking about spreads.
1: Um, And and the last uh, game, Bill Conway uh, uh, finished second, placing in spreads. uh, The game before, he did, and he placed top five as well. Um, and that was placing uh, typically sold spreads, a few iron condos. So uh, you can do very, very well with that. Uh, and obviously, our trading system that we've we've got um, uses straight spreads every single game and has consistently placed well. So um, there's a there's a an indication and in there's somewhere that you can do well with spreads and not just buying spread strategies while learning. Mm. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right.
1: And I think you're going to learn better with spreads
2: because your physical outlay is less with the spread and um, your profit potential can sometimes be a little bit higher. So quite often people might trade the game in no reflection of how they'd actually um, trade in the market as well. So if you're going to use it for education, uh, definitely uh, use it as a way that you would trade the real market as
1: well. There's a video in the um, uh, in the education portal that talks about uh, I ran some stats on quite a, it was the movement. It was during I think it was end of two thousand and eighteen uh, or just after when the market collapsed, and we had a game which made for, for quite an exciting options game at that point in time. And I ran the numbers on buying a straight put versus a uh, a put spread um, and call spread, and ran the numbers and you know and, and slightly different strikes, and it was interesting to note that. Uh, the profit, even though the market moved quite as much as it did, even if you timed it properly, uh, or perfectly, I should say, uh, you ended up doing about the same um, with a spread. And then any yep. other time when the market doesn't move quite as much because you've got the sole uh, leg there end up outperforming. So it'd be interesting just to, you know, when we, when we get the uh, the quad hopefully towards the end of this year, uh, yeah. or uh, that will be an interesting one to run, uh, get them to uh to, to see exactly, you know, on any given day, take out, you know, do it full random style and just say, you know, do a do a to money spread uh versus a uh you know, Bushalt. I um yeah.
0: I heard I Ivan, I heard from uh the uh, I can't say the name of the university, can I? Um but that is uh we're we're working with uh this stage until we get final sign off on the to bring in the team of Quants. Have you heard I, they they contacted me the other day about something unrelated. Interestingly enough, I'll update you on that later. But <laughs> have we heard anything more about the the quants joining?
1: No, it's so it's, effectively it's a full uh, application. It's going through the government, uh, and um, it, it's I mean because it's 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 a full kind of, uh, uni plus government plus uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's a massive process. But having said that. Uh, everything's been lodged and we're waiting for approval now at this final stage. Uh, so uh, I hope COVID does not delay it. It was just lodged just before. So uh, anyway, it'd be interesting, interesting to see. But yeah, hopefully uh, we'll hear in the next month or two. And then after that, um, uh, all, all guns blazing. They've, they've pick the, the short list of people that are going to be on the project and um, uh, we've got to find, do the final approval. And yeah, it's good. Um there's a really good postgrad as part of that that's uh doctorate, sorry, that's that's coming in. Uh, so yeah, yeah it'll be good.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Um now we'll, I'll maybe throw it to the audience. Um is there anyone that has got any questions for the ASX or for Graham while we've got him here?
1: And while that's happening, uh the video is um it's actually under the long call, long put. Um, It spoke about the the spreads. So, um, yeah, very worthwhile checking that video out. Which is it? Yeah. Is it the
0: education
1: portal? Yeah, education portal. um, It's under option strategies guide. So on the left-hand side, option strategies guide, uh, directional strategies, um, and then it's a long call, long put. There you go. So, that, yeah, that doesn't talk just about what a long call and long put is because that would be pretty boring, but uh, it does talk about um, the, the difference between some of those as well. So, yeah. Or difference between where to pick your strike ultimately.
0: All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. We've got some questions. G'day, Justin. Good to see you there, mate. Um, all right. Um, Justin's asked, when you were considering changing expiry dates, can you let us know why expiry day wasn't moved to a Friday?
2: Uh, So we wouldn't move the expiry day to a Friday because it's one of those ones, Justin, where we actually expire those options, obviously, on the Friday evening. That stock isn't reported into ASX's systems as the transfer for, obviously, if it's a, if it's a call option or a put option there's obviously transfer of stock off the back of that exercise that isn't reported into ASX's trading systems until the next trading day. so it would actually be an exercise that occurred on the Friday and people wouldn't be notified until the Monday. Um, that's just too, too too far apart from our perspective so we always want the next trading day to be the day immediately following the exercise so it's the, the key reason why we don't do Fridays.
0: All right well I'm not seeing any other questions come through um Graham, anything else you want to uh, you want to add anything you want else you think we should know about?
2: Um, look uh, one of, one of the things that uh, that we're busily working on at the ASX uh, is with our market makers um, Unfortunately, volatility spiked again on Thursday and Friday but, uh we're working very closely with them to tighten up spreads that clients will see on the screen. Uh, it's still our hope by the end of this month you'll see uh, much tighter prices on screen. Um, if volatility remains somewhere around that uh, 24, 25 in the index, uh, we'll see those market markets uh, probably half in uh, half in spread that uh, you're currently seeing on screen. So, working closely with them to 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 bring that back in uh, into line of what uh, people would normally like to see.
0: Now, um, yeah, a couple more questions coming through. Before I read those out it would be remiss of me not to throw a pitch in uh, when we're running a session. So if anyone would like to open an account with us, we're the least expensive options trading broker in Australia. You can do spread trades online with us. The best technology uh, that is available in the Australian market if you want to trade options. um, And we live and breathe them. Um, So if anyone is interested and would like a free trial of our platform, uh, type in yes. If you're playing the options trading game, It's the same technology, right? So it it looks very similar. There are lots of other features in our implied volatility system, but uh, it's the the same tech uh, that powers the options trading game. So um, if you would like to get a trial or if you'd like to set up an account, start trading with us, um, please just type yes in and we'll get you set up for a 30 day trial on the platform. And then, you know, you can take it from there. Okay. Um, So Mark's asked,
2: is Citadel still a market maker? Uh, Citadel are moving their operations to Australia. So whilst they're still a market maker at the moment, it takes a little while for them to change their licence from a Hong Kong licence to an Australian licence. So you'll probably see them uh, not making markets while that transfer occurs um, until they then start up that operation in Sydney. So good news is that they're moving their guys or, or they're, they're uh, going to have an onshore team, which will mean uh, much uh, much better pricing in, in Australia. But uh, the bad news is over the next few months we won't see markets from Citadel whilst they uh, get their licence in place.
0: Edward, will assignment fees be any cheaper?
2: Okay, so um, AFX isn't planning on making changes to assignment fees, but we are in the process of reviewing registration fees. So that's the fee that you pay on top of your brokerage to the exchange per contract uh, for trading in options. We're currently reviewing the registration fees uh, to make lower dollar stocks cheaper um, and to to accommodate for the reduction in fees on lower dollar stocks will actually increase higher dollar stocks. So you'll see something like a CSL being a little bit more expensive uh, on a per-contract basis to trade options as opposed to a Telstra being cheaper to trade options. Uh, the other thing that we're also considering is um, is waiving fees for very low premium options. So if you've got a short position and you want to close out of it um, at a very low premium, say a cent, uh, we're looking uh, at the possibility of waiving fees for very low uh, premium options. That uh,
0: would that, be-
2: that's, uh, that- that's something we're looking towards, implementation uh, early in 2021. We have to yep. obviously work with our brokers to make uh, their systems um, allow for those changes.
0: Yep. That, uh, there's some, uh, some good initiatives by the sound of it. Um, all right. Uh, Catherine, 2495 is 95 um, per uh, leg is our comms. Uh, Mike uh, has asked, uh, will we get weeklies on index options? Uh, There there are already weekly uh, options on the index. All right. Other than that, I think we have got through all the questions that were put in there. Um, And for those of you that have requested yes for a free trial, uh, we will coordinate and and get you set up on that. Um, And if you haven't already typed in yes, type in yes. And we'll get you set up. Other than that, Brian, thanks so much for coming tonight. Um, Much appreciated. Thank you to everyone that's taken the time getting on there. Uh, Now, will implied Joshua... uh, Okay. So Joshua's question uh, is around whether through implied volatility we will sell weekly... We'll sell options or sell weekly options... Um, we don't sell naked options uh, across. That's across the board, um, and we've got no intention of changing that policy. Um, but uh, if you're wanting to do, uh, you know, a spread trade, yeah, absolutely, uh, you can you can do that. But um, from from our side, I mean, we will sell against covered stock um, or to take on stock. Uh, But other than that, uh, we avoid that strategy. Our experience has been that um, in net uh, people are well worse off using those strategies, less trading with us, and we don't like the risk associated on our book either. So, yeah, uh, that's our position there. Thanks. But thanks for the question, Joshua. Um, All right. Uh, Hi, Graham. Are there any plans to have options on industry sectors XEJ, XMJ, et cetera? Yeah, so so to have options over sectors
2: themselves, you need a you need a liquid futures contract to be able to hedge exposures um, to those sectors. Uh, at this point in time, uh, the only sector that does have some liquidity in its futures contracts is actually the AREK sector, rather than the material sector. Uh, we do have a resources future and we do have a financials future, but. Um, the appetite amongst the market isn't huge on those. So we're not considering extra sectors. Uh, what we are considering, those is options over exchange-traded funds and uh, looking first at um, providing exposures to international markets for those of you that like holding um, all of your trading and activity in Australia. But then secondly, beyond that, we can then start looking at sectors. So if there's some exchange-traded funds over specific sectors, uh, that would probably be the place that we look first.
0: Yep. Thanks, Graham. Okay, Tony. Any plans to expand number of stock options offered, uh, and uh, off, offered over and above the current seventy odd?
2: Yeah. So, That's so what, what we have seventy three seventy three single stock options um, or options over single stocks at the moment. Uh, we are always listening to the market about um, new stocks. Now, I just wanted to caveat that. So we can only ever accept a stock that is in the top 200 index. So we can't go beyond the top 200 index. And the other caveat is that we will only ever list a stock if two market makers will agree to obligations because we want to ensure that clients that are entering into that contract actually have competition amongst market makers for providing pricing. And generally... Um, market makers are accommodating for requests that come from the market for new stocks um, but they we, we just like to see evidence as an exchange that there's um, that there's enough interest in that particular underlying so um, if, if um, uh, this person wants to speak to their broker if it's yourselves um, Ivan or Patrick then we'd be more than happy to take that request from yourselves about new stocks as long as they're in the 200 and then as long as uh, two market makers come on board
1: is Kogan in the top 200? Sorry? Is, is, the, is Kogan in the top 200?
2: i uh, I'd have to have a look.
1: I think that might be close. Yeah.
2: Look. It's probably getting close, but um, um, how how about we have a look um, on Friday because that's when Standard & Poor's do their rebalance on the uh, on the index. So it's a, it's a big day. So we've got a big week this week at the ASX. We've got the uh, June quarterly futures expiry on Thursday. That's one of the the biggest um, futures expiries of of the year. And then the day immediately following is Standard & Poor's are actually doing their index adjustments on the day following that. And uh, during COVID, Standard & Poor's actually uh, didn't do their normal adjustment in March. So it's going to be a six-month adjustment on that index. So expecting big volumes in the underlying equities market on Thursday and Friday at the ASX.
0: Mm.
1: It's interesting. Um, they've got have got some numbers around. Uh, they've obviously got some ideas about who's who's left and who hasn't. Um, but uh, Pinnacle and Hub uh, both dropped, um, which which is, it goes goes you know shows how how painful the uh, um, coronavirus move has been. Um, obviously, two very very well performing stocks in, in the past um, just got melted. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the other thing that
2: clients should be looking at is rather than just what's coming into the 200 and what's dropping out of the 200, it's what's moving within the index as well. So uh, one of the other big ones that all the international um, uh, fund managers look to is the S&P ASX 50, so the top 50 stocks. So is there any movement of stocks into the 50 and out of the 50? You'll see yeah. massive um, trading activity off the back of movements within the 200 as well
1: yeah yeah <laughs> the, the very last one on this and you definitely you don't have to comment on this but uh, i find this has been cut so anyway sorry i didn't i didn't hear that question uh, no it wasn't a question it was a statement the very last thing on that oh. list i was just looking on that on that article was i find this um has uh has been dropped anyway
0: <laughs> um jack Okay, I asked a question. Jack, can I just ask um, when uh, you were trying to do this trade? What date was it? Was it back in March or early April? Uh, and then I'll, once I've got that, January. Okay, interesting. So Jack's just um, mentioning that um, uh, trying to close out of an FMG um, call took an entire day to get filled. It was in the money, a week or two left. It um, can only get filled in intrinsic. Um. What, what, Drain, where what, what do you think the you know the problems with that type of trade are uh, with the market makers? Look, um, that was January, the, key
2: is that, that the key is that how, how far in the money the option was as well because um, obviously market makers' systems are, are designed to try and be as efficient as possible. And um, they've in some of the market makers are quoting in all 73 of our stocks. You can imagine how many option series they have to their system has to look at. Um, their system might actually pay more closer attention to things that are closer to the money. I, I would suggest at that time that's when your broker becomes your greatest ally. If you're finding a little bit difficult to get filled, I would be um, I would be contacting your broker. And all, all, all the market maker needs is a, is a little nudge just to know that someone's actually wanting to transact in that option. And um, at all times, I've seen then the market maker effectively putting a, a, a price uh, on the screen to, to match against uh, the activity that you're yes. doing. But sometimes um, you might think, uh, how could that happen? But some, some of these market makers, there's only two actual physical humans at that market making shop and they're doing sixty-three different stocks with the thousands and thousands of different options. I might have just missed it, so yeah. I would definitely get in yeah. touch with your broker, and uh, and that 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 will help in being able to get filled faster.
0: I'm going to just say that they he did say or she sorry I'm, I'm not sure that the um, I called blank and they were no help. <laughs> uh, it, look the, the 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 message is probably from Grain. There is spot on, and if you're dealing with a A broker, the one you're mentioning, does do a lot of options, but um, yeah, you 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 know you need to have someone maybe in the in the options team uh, that you can contact in those types of instances. So, like here, obviously we live and breathe them. Um, You can call us and we can get the appropriate call made. But um, yeah, if you're if you're dealing with say a call center and they may not just they may really not really understand your question or how to help you. Um, so you need to make sure you're getting through to a team that has sort of got some specialists uh, that can assist. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much to everyone making the time to be here online tonight with us. Uh, thank you, Graeme. Thank you, Ivan. Um, if you've got any other questions, you can put them in, your, in any feedback on the session. Please put it in the survey on your way out. And... Um, We'll be back online talking about reporting season next week, uh, and 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 some a very interesting way of trading uh, into reporting season that uh, both I and I are big fans of. And Brian uh, Corman uh, will be here to talk us through that and his strategy for approaching it. So really looking forward to that session. Uh, so make sure you get back in next week on that session. And for those of you that. Um, Played the game last time. You can use your same username and password and get in there again and get um, uh, and get trade and, and get trading and practicing again in the market. For those of you that are on our platform, uh, you can always do that. We always leave you with the trading account uh, with some play money uh, to test things. And uh, we'll over the next coming weeks be rolling back into a whole bunch more education. Um, Stephen has asked: Is there a copy of this web? Webinar, yes, there is. Let me bring up the where, I, where that will be posted. So, uh, you know, today's session's probably just, well, it's really all audio, right? Apart from a few references to a chart. So probably the best place, place to get it is from our Spotify or the podcast, Apple podcast. Maybe I might cut and paste that into the chat box to make it easier for people. Paste. Just give me one moment, yeah. and I'll share that by the chat box. And um, it's on our website. Yeah. Sorry,
1: um, it, it actually uh, it, it turned up for me. Uh, you know, I was, I was just on Spotify, and maybe I don't know how I figured it out. But yeah, it popped up on my uh, on my on my playlist, saying you know, you should, you should like, it was good <laughs> on Spotify. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I I I couldn't listen to myself talk
0: again. <laughs> hey, so I was just to ask the question: When's the next meetup at the ASX? I, um, if, you guys tell us when. I mean, the ASX probably won't be running. Are you, Graham, are you getting, when, when will you be open for a physical event? Do you think? Um,
2: put, put it this way: uh, My first day back in the office
0: after um,
2: since March uh, will be Monday. And uh, out of 900 ASX staff, there'll only be 100 of us uh, allowed back into the building. Yep. Um, even even by September, there'll only be half the ASX staff, and we've had we'll have no external events by September. So I, I would expect that um, um, it's it's a fair way off of having physical people in at the ASX itself. Uh, the reason we've been very uh, reserved in our in our movements at ASX is that uh, there's certain people that run the critical infrastructure for our market to actually keep the systems up and running, and uh, we've been protecting them against uh, any potential for passing on of uh, of a virus to make sure all the market continues to run. So um, unfortunately, we'll be one of the last ones. What that doesn't stop us, though, from doing is being able to host something outside of ASX's premises, and uh, we're still allowed to attend those as ASX staff beyond September.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, you know for for a lot of this, uh, everyone's just sort of like we only just found out we can fly people down from Brisbane, so you know like we, we're going to have uh, a bunch of us back in the office next week. We're slowly starting to come back, but like I, I was walking through, and everyone who said that we're going, restaurants are now closed, and you know there's just not enough foot traffic, and so I think that even finding a venue right now is a bit tricky because everyone's just figuring out what what on earth is going on. Um, so I think that probably. Realistically, in the next month or so, um, maybe maybe a month and a half, we'll actually be in a position where we can start thinking about um, uh, what that all looks like, um, and so yep. venues are going to be a lot more committed around reopening. Um, Christmas
0: sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: it, it, it To, to exactly. not laugh, um, it, it could it could very well be um, in the new year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when we're—I um, mean, I, I'll be honest. I, at this stage, I don't—I wouldn't want to uh, host a meet-up um, until, you know, we're just a little bit further into things, and then we'll get back into the full swing of it. For now, uh, it's online sessions like this. So, but uh, Josh, thanks for the thanks for the question, and um, we're keen as mustard to get back out there and do things as normal. Um, we would have uh, been doing. Our second round, around roundabout now, um, but uh, if if it permits, we'll do it this year. All
1: right.
0: Yep. Uh, I think that's it. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks again.
1: Good.